The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting, management, or its sponsors. Welcome to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I am Coach Lorianne. Our goal here at Healthy Lifestyle is to inspire, educate, and empower you to feel a healthy, emotional, spiritual, and physical life so you can feel empowered to live the life you have always wanted and dreamed. Welcome to the show. Today, not only are we going to fire you up caffeine style, but we're going to probably make you laugh because on our show today, we are so blessed to have the one and only guest, Michael Loftus. Michael is a writer. He's an author. He's a commentator, a stand-up comedian. He's been a headline talent nationwide for more than, get this, 20 years. You'd never know it by looking at him. And has written and produced The George Lopez Show, Charlie Sheen's Anger Management, Kevin James, love him, Kevin Can Wait, co-executive producer of Netflix series The Crew, also starring Love him, Kevin James. He's a frequent guest on Fox News Gutfield and the Fox Business Network's The Bottom Line. I'm sure you've all seen him. He has starred in his own one-hour special on Comedy Central. Um, sit down, we're not done. A one-hour stand-up special on Fox Nation. He's currently producing, creating, and starring in that show tonight, Outstanding, with a voice that steers center right in the political spectrum Loftus captures in candor and humor. The views of those flyover states. His podcast and website, The Loftus Party, dissects the world of politics, social media, and pop culture and showcases his rare ability to take complex issues, distill them into simple discussion points, and bring genuine wit and style to his proceedings. In addition to his immense writing talents, his charm, as far as I'm concerned, and affability on stage have placed him in the upper thresholds of live performance, and he continues to be an audience favorite everywhere please welcome michael to the show michael so glad to have you here i i feel like i need to take a break now i'm, like, not, I, I'm exhausted that was a lot you, so much. you do a lot and i didn't even mention the book and the podcast and the oh my gosh you just you you do so so very much love kevin james by the way can you tell he that guy he called it he called it i i grew up in uh columbus ohio and uh I was writing on television shows when when Kevin was just starting on like King of Queens. I never I never met the guy, never worked with him. And then as fate would have it, uh, they asked me to help out to write this pilot for the CBS show that he was doing. So I helped out with that. He thought he thought my stuff was funny. Then we started talking on the phone. He's hilarious. Uh, But he goes, the show's going to film out on Long Island. The show's going to film on Long Island. So hopefully you can come out. And I'm like, oof, good. Ooh, Long Island. I don't know, man. Easy, easy. <laughs> here's what he said. He goes, he goes, where'd you grow up? I go, I grew up in Ohio. He goes, you're going to love Long Island. Yeah. You're going to love. He was absolutely right. That place is fantastic. Isn't it? Summertime, summertime on Long Island, just the absolute best. Fun fact, friend of mine uh, works for the company that built his house and met him, said he is the nicest, kindest soul ever. And and oddly enough, very quiet. But that's normal. Yes. That's very normal for comedians to be, you know, introverted. But when they go on and they're on, oh, yes. I don't know if you realize that as a comedian. I'm not uh-huh. sure. <laughs> so Someone, I was I was having lunch 
with a, a another comedian ages ago, ages ago, and she said something that like really stuck with me. She's like, anybody who goes on stage and 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 is looking for the approval of a, a room full of strangers is deeply flawed. Like something is wrong with anybody who does that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> ow, <laughs> ow. <laughs> I love speaking on stages. I can't get enough of that. That's crazy. It feels good. It, it does. Good. So what, what is that? Like, cause I love it. I love it. Like, even though I've, you know, written the book and then a lot of television shows, I love doing stand up. just a room full of people. Mm-hmm. Boom. They all start laughing. It's the best feeling. Yeah, well, it's a Sally Field moment, right? They love me. They really love me kind of thing. But it also is, it's an opportunity for you to really get immediate feedback to the beautiness that you're bringing into the world. So when I'm speaking and I'm hopefully inspired the people in my audience, when you're, when you're speaking, you're inspiring them and you're making them laugh. I usually make them laugh because I trip onto the stage. So that's the way I make my entrances most of the time. But, um, but you just go with it and you laugh and they laugh and it's a moment of connection that you can't get anywhere else. You can't get that in the movies. You can't get that, you know, watching television. But when you're in a live show, there's nothing like it. That's why Broadway is the way it is. Yes. Yes. And I think there's only one level better and that's music. Like uh-huh. that is, um, I forget who said it. They say all art, all art aspires to be music. Yeah. And there's just something about, like being in a in a in a with a with a, a large group of people and everybody's in that same moment. It's just yeah. great. Live well, it's music. a vibration thing. It's a vibration. Don't start yes. me on coaching. It's a vibration thing. Um, because what what's music? Music is a as a monologue put to music, right? So we're singing yeah. this story, um, and the vibration of the music is there, and then we vibrate, and the walls vibrate. Everything vibrates around us, right? So we're now all vibrating at that same level. It could be a yes. sad song. It could be a happy song. It could be you know a funky song. We're all vibrating, and that feeling it's catchy. So it's, it's yeah. a really good contagion, but a good one that yes. does not require vaccines. <laughs> Dig it. Dig it. <laughs> so, so to that is, how did you know you wanted to become a professional comedian? Um, I, through a strange sequence of events, like as a kid. Uh, you were in trouble a lot, weren't you? For opening up my mouth. Yeah. Opening up. I once in, in, I may. I made a friend of mine laugh so hard, she peed her pants <laughs> in, in kindergarten. And that that's a special memory. That's a special <laughs> memory. <laughs> so wrong on so many levels. All <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, but then like, I think it was like being in like school plays and stuff. And then in, uh, in like middle school, in the seventh grade, a, a friend of mine, very, very smart guy, very smart guy was like, dude, if if we get up there on stage, uh, we're going to be uh, able to meet so many more girls. <laughs> so, so, <he> had <laughs> so that's what it was. And then like we were in the chorus of some show, but it was it was a lot of fun. It was fantastic. And then smash cut to like years later, a friend of mine was writing an article for a local newspaper. She was going to cover this this local comedy club was had an amateur night and she didn't want to go by herself. So, you know, I went with her to hang out to see what was going on and it was horrible. 
It was horrible. These guys had they had two minutes. They had to tell jokes for two minutes, and someone was going to win two hundred dollars. And they were horrible. And I'm like, I can do that. I can do it. So I signed up, went back the next week, and boom. And then it was like a, like a crackhead. I couldn't get enough. I yeah. just I had to go back. Oh, it's so funny that you said that. So I got up on stage. Both of my parents are musicians, and I'm a singer. Okay. Right? So I I am in junior high school, and I'm um what did they call them um usher. I'm an usher. Sure. So I volunteered to usher. So I'm standing there and I'm watching the play. And I was like, I could do that. And and like you, I was sitting there like critiquing it. And I feel terrible. But I was like, this isn't really good. And oh, my gosh, they should have done this. And oh, my gosh, they should have done that. And I was thinking all this. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I could do this. So the next time the auditions came up, I got up and I auditioned for it. And seniors at the junior level, junior high school, yeah. level, nine, ninth graders in our school, um, we're the ones who always got the lead. And don't you know, I got a lead, got everybody upset the whole nine yards. And I just went on. I was like, what? Well, I can do this. It's not a big deal. I play all, I play make believe all the time. That's my yes. happy place, you know? So, so yeah, I was destined to have that same desire as you did, but not for the same reasons. I wasn't there because I could be boys. So I guess that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, but I, but it, no you, judgment, you, no judgment. It is funny though that you you distilled it down to, I can pe- I can play make believe, yeah. and that's all it is. That's all it is, and it's so many people have that fear of public speaking. They don't they want to look foolish on stage. But once you just distill it down to like, I'm 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 just playing make believe. Yeah, and there's there's Academy Award winning uh actors out there and that's all they're doing i stand here and i pretend i'm a wizard and i'm, a, I'm, I'm it's the ring of power for them yes 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 but it's entirely different being a comedian because i could make a fool of myself anywhere i don't need a stage but a comedian you guys are quick-witted on your feet those are things that i think of on my drive home you know you think of it in the moment so so how do you get there? How do you do that? To me, it's magic. It's just magic. I want to jump and climb into your brain. It's um, it's it's funny with like, I can write, uh, I can write scripts. I can write uh, jokes for other comedians, you know, and just blast them out in an email. But for my for my own stand up, it has to like I work it. I work through it organically. Like something will happen. Usually it's something like it has irritated me or I think is an injustice or is just stupid. And I'll go on stage and I'll go in a and it just kind of just kind of spit it out. And then you just kind of start refining it, you know, after that. Yeah. 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 Uh, Yeah. As it hits. Right. As it hits. Yeah. 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 And you're like. You're either like, wow, I, I really thought that was funny. What's wrong with you people? Or, aha, uh-huh, I see, I knew that was funny. You kill me on Godfield. Kill me. Thank you. I love it. I love it. And um, what's the other one? The Bottom Line? Yes. Right? Oh, my gosh. So those two shows, if you haven't caught caught Michael, you have to catch him on those because he'll, he'll, you know, you're so accurate, too. I, I love your perspective. You take something and you do have this ability to take something that is seemingly so complex and really shake it down into something is so digestible. And then you have the ability to point out the silliness about it. And I'm being nice. <laughs> oh, thanks. But that, but, but like, that is what, 
I think there's so much going on, you know, today. And then, of course, with social media and everything, we're just bombarded with all this news. Like, the good news is this is the best time ever to be alive. All, all the statistics, like we could not have chosen a better place, a better time to be alive. We, we just uh, hear all this horrible news all the time. There's, there's just so many things that we know, like in, in our guts are wrong. They're like, that's just that's just wrong. And the more people that like stand up and say something about that, uh, hopefully we can set the ship to rights again. Yeah, why is it that some of the population is just very muted? We we we're very well conservative, and we keep it to ourselves instead of spouting it out there and jamming it down other people's throats. Why why aren't we more vocal about it? Not to say you aren't. I shouldn't say we because I think you are vocal about it in a very loving way. But well, I I think honestly, if you look at the like the political like center and right, uh, everybody's very busy. Everybody, I mean. Regardless of where you are politically, you're gonna your your life is busy. But I think the majority of like entrepreneurs and capitalists and self motivated. Okay, I have my job, but then I've got my side hustle and this. Like it's just it's just how much time do you have in the day to use it? It seems like I I swear some of these some of these people on the left, uh, these political. It's like, do you is this all you're doing? It seems like this is all you do. How do you pay the bills? All you do is complain. Yeah, yeah, it, it yeah, it's so true. It is amazing. It's a, that they have the time to do that because I, I was just like, I have better things to do with my time. Yes. And, yes. and if I'm complaining, and this goes right back to my coaching, if you're complaining, you're not taking 100% responsibility for yourself. Because you're too busy out there blaming everybody else. Stop blaming everybody else. Start taking responsibility and change, according to Gandhi, starts with yourself. So start yes. there. So there's nothing to complain about. When I hear myself complaining, I just like point back at myself and go, stop it. Move. Do something. Do something different. And what what an amazing uh, civilization we could live in. What an amazing place. If everybody did that. If everybody was trying to be the best version of themselves, imagine all the government spending we wouldn't need to do anymore. All of it would just be, it would be wonderful. So that's, and that's the other thing. It's like, I don't, I don't like hate liberals or or any of that stuff. It's just like, for the ultimate betterment of us as society and as people, we need to be better. Yeah. Like these people like, oh, there should we should we should raise taxes so somebody can come along and take that homeless guy and better or or you could help him. Yes. Yeah. Take responsibility. You take an action. As opposed to, again, that's a blame. That's blaming the government. That's blaming your teacher. That's blaming your mother. That's blaming your potty training. Stop it. Dig it. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it. it. Where, Where did you get your first break? Like, what was that time? Where was that pinnacle point? Oh, the the big one. I, I'd have to say the big one was uh, writing for the George Lopez show. Oh. And uh, I had moved out to Los Angeles and things weren't going bad. They were, they were going okay. And I was, you know, doing little uh, stand-up spots on you know, like basic cable channels, weird stuff. And I was, I was going to be on, I was going to be on this, show for like the animal planet or something okay and and so 
And they were like, oh, we need to see we need to see your five minute set. They thought they were acting like it was the flipping Tonight Show or something. <laughs> so I go I, I go out to this uh, comedy club in Southern California. It's called the Ice House. And one of the best comedy clubs, just fantastic. The Smothers Brothers, Steve Martin, Lily wow. Tomlin. Everybody would record their albums there. It's just fantastic. So I was lucky enough to be a regular there. So uh, I, 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 I did my set, my little, you know, five-minute Animal Planet stand-up thing. And I got it, you know, they, they got it on a DVD for me. And I go off stage and there's this Latino guy in the green room. Uh, and I'm grabbing my jacket and he's like, hey, man, what's your name? You know, you're a funny, you know, cuss words were flying. You're a funny. Uh, and I got a TV show and I want funny people like you to write on it. Give me your number. And I'm like, OK, so that was George Lopez. Oh, my gosh. He is hysterical. I love him. Yeah. And so I'm like, OK, I gave him my number and I'm like, I'm never going to hear from that dude again. And then like a month, a month later. I got a call and this is back in the, you know, the, the caller ID days, you know, sure. and it came up uh, WB studios. So I picked it up it. and it was the production company. They go, yeah, George says he saw you in a club. Uh, we were the, this is the writing department for the show. We're working on scripts. Um, he says you're funny, but if you could do us a favor and send in like a sample script, just just a, a a spec script of, and I'm like, oh yeah, sure, I'll do that. And then I'm like, because I, I, I was ready to go up to San Francisco, I was doing stand up up there for the weekend, and I go, hey, I'm on my way out the door. Can I get you my my sample script when I come back on Monday? And they're like, oh, absolutely. So the whole time I'm driving up to San Francisco, I'm like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And then I was like, writing all writing all weekend, telling jokes at night, but. Uh, Gave him a script on Monday, pretended I had written it ages ago. And then oh, they hired me. This whole thing? <laughs> oh, that? Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they hired me as the punch-up guy. I was like, one day a week, and they would show me the script, and you'd go, okay, well, we could do this joke. This joke might be a little funnier. And then that started to two days a week, and then they asked me to go full-time, and it was uh, it was wonderful. It was a really great experience. A was lot your, of learning. Was that your favorite show to to work on, or oh do you no, know favorite show? No, it was it was fun. Yeah, but because it was on the Warner Brothers lot, it's kind of famous, and it's like it's crazy because like my office when you watch the opening of a of a Warner Brothers movie and the water towers over yeah. there, and they kind of pan over, I'm like, I can see my office. <laughs> That's so cool. That was your face. I knew I saw you someplace else. <laughs> so, so many, like, so many cool things happened uh, on that because of that show and just the surroundings and just like, it was like a movie in a lot of ways. You'd be walking by a soundstage and like, ooh, what's going on in there? And like, they were filming some like submarine movie and then it was it was really wild that's cool but i think the the favorite my favorite show uh beyond the one i'm working on now uh that show that show tonight which is sketch comedy and it's live it's like saturday night live it's like so much fun that show tonight.com there was a there was what a was show on it i'm sorry what was that again that show tonight is that was that the title the, yes that show tonight.com okay. Uh, that's where everybody can find it. 
there was a show that I worked on for one season uh, for NBC, and it was called Outsourced. And that was, yeah, just one season. And it was about this American who had to, he had moved, based on a true story, this American who had moved to India to run a call center. Uh, and it was, it was a single camera. It was, it was fantastic. It was so much fun. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. I, I, I love these stories. Um, we're going to take a short break. Yes. You're listening to Healthy Lifestyle with Coach Lorianne, and we're here with Michael Loftus. Uh, check him out at theloftusparty.com and thatshowtonight.com. And we're going to yeah. take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I am Coach Lorianne. If you'd like to be a guest or lift up your business profit, uh, sorry, product or not for profit, or if you have a question or a comment, you know, we love to hear from you and I answer all the emails personally. Email us at healthylifestylewitha at gmail.com. That's healthylifestylewitha at gmail.com. It is uh, so wonderful to have you all here, and we want to jump right back in with Michael Loftus. He is cracking us up and telling us all these yummy stories. So uh, get your chair, get your coffee, get a cookie, and uh, let's go back into speaking with Michael. Michael, welcome back. Thanks. It's I'm having a blast. It's good times. It is good times. Speaking of good times, <laughs> what's it like being conservative in Hollywood? <laughs> It uh, it's getting less lonely every single day. Stop it! Tell <laughs> me more. I love it. Well, once upon a time, uh, I was doing stand up at the uh, the Melrose Improv. Right, it's you know right right up the street from the Comedy Store. Yada yada yada. And I was watching every comic, every comic make fun of George W. Bush, and and I'm like, this is crazy. I mean, like, this is insane because as a, as a comic, you don't want to do anything like the person in front of you. Sure. And all these guys were going up and they were just, <clears throat> they weren't even telling jokes. It was just like horrible, vicious. And, and so when I went up there, I was just like, I'm going to tell you something right now. He is the best president we've ever had. I want him on Mount Rushmore. And I just went the other way with it. <laughs> And uh, the audience was rolling. They were just having a blast. And uh, I think that's the one where, like, people were like, oh, th there is that one guy, Michael Loftus, that he was doing that stuff. Like, he's a Republican. He's a conservative. And then my phone would start ringing for, like, the weirdest things. For like, And, and one of the weirdest things was uh, there was this new show called Red Eye on, on Fox News. And they're like, would you like to be on this brand? I'm like, absolutely. But being in L.A., I had to do it like we're doing it now, you know, through through a satellite hookup. But that's how I met Greg, you know. And then uh, I was like the only dude for years in Los Angeles. Uh, but it gave me a great opportunity. I hosted a television show called The Flip Side which was independently syndicated and learned a lot about like syndicated television through that, which gave me a foundation like years later when we started doing uh, that show tonight and, and all of that wonderful stuff. So 
it's weird. You never, you never know why you're in a certain position and, yeah. and, uh, you just have to kind of go, well, maybe this will pay off down the road. Who knows? Yeah. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. Remember you were doing this, this, you were going back into a green room and you met George Lopez, right? You just, you probably weren't there for animal planet, but you said yes. And that got you there, which got the attention of George Lopez, right? So yeah. all these things happen for a reason. All these tools you're gathering throughout your career, you're putting into your tool belt. And isn't it cool? I noticed this one day is all the crazy stuff I've done in my past helped me exactly all the tools I need right now to serve my clients. And it's just crazy. When I turn around and I look at it, I was like, this is crazy. Like how, how would I have known that X would have served me today? And it does. It's like, who knew, who knew that, you know, knowing how to sew a costume would come in handy today Yeah, or some crazy wild thing that I learned. So I always look at someone's background and quick story. And I've told this story before on on this show, but quick story. I went for this uh, one job. I knew I had already had it because the president had already hired me, but I had to go through the formalities with HR. And I'll never forget this vice president. She came in, she was the vice president, uh, a VP of uh, HR. She sat across the table from me, took my resume, went, you know, swung it back and forth and then slid it across the table at me and went, what am I supposed to do with this? Because she thought that I had no experience to do what he had just hired me for. Um, And she was just totally perplexed. Like, you just don't have any... when I walked through the resume, I explained to her how it was going to help me and what, what yeah. I'm going to serve and go through that. But here was a vice president of an HR department not getting it. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is why I don't work for companies anymore. I have yeah. my, And I help coach other people so that they don't come up against that and they can pursue their dreams like That's you're great. yours. It's, it's great. You know, what's happening in America right now is perplexing to me. Um, that that we have all these freedoms and there are some people who are willing to give up the freedoms and things like that. What's what's going on with this? And what's your political view on everything that's going on? And and how did all of this change the course of your personal career? Well, I know it's it's cost me uh, a bunch. However, in a wonderful way, like we're talking about, I don't know why it's playing out like this. But but it is. And I think it's ultimately going to be a good thing. Uh, I was pitching a show with a, a, a very famous actor, producer. And I, I'm, I'm not going to out him here, uh, but it was like it was like a right leaning center, common sense version of The Daily Show. Uh, but just like a, a, a counterbalance to that, not mean spirited, nothing. Yeah. And uh, so we went out, we were pitching this show. Netflix, Amazon, all these companies. And they're like, we love this. We we think you're great. We love this. We love this show. It would make a fortune. But we can't put it on because we can't afford to look friendly to the right. So that was a uh, that was a wake up call for me that like, even though they know they will get insanely wealthy, you, you, usually it's like, uh, if there's a conspiracy or something, it's like, oh, follow the money, follow the money. Yeah. But but now this was like bigger than money. And, I, and and it's like it's almost like the left and this woke movement. It's almost like a religious. It's almost like the the the, the Spanish Inquisition. You either agree with them or you get canceled or else. Yeah. And that's why. Uh, and I think it's all. 
coming out of years ago, the seeds were planted in colleges, you know, where like, oh, socialism is great. And if, if real socialism was done well and oh, great social. And there's like, and I think there's a security, especially in like college age kids. They're like, I'm worried about the future. It's a big, scary world out there. So yeah, if maybe if we all just shared more and we did like a commune thing, it's, it's, so it's, it's based in fear. Like it all most bad, most bad decisions you will ever make in your life are it's based out of, so that's where I think it's coming from. And now they're going for it. It's like, it's happening so fast. And I think that's why they're doing all this craziness with the little kids you know, and elementary schools and are you questioning yeah. your gender? Yeah, I think that's, don't you think that that's a, it's it's something like a sparkly object to dis, to distract us from, from what's really going on? It's like, okay, how crazy can we get and how much distraction can we, to me, it looks like a social science project. I, I really think they're trying to see how far can we push them? Let's see, you know, when are they going to start to push back? And that's my question. I've been saying for years now that the power of the purchase is what we have in our back pocket, pun intended. You know, yeah. we're not utilizing the power of the purchase. And I know I do. There, There's a very long list right now of companies I will not support. And I support mom and pop shops all around, always have small business. I am a small business. Yeah. More than 70% of the people in the United States own small businesses and supporting this economics. Yeah. And so when when it's when when government, our government perhaps is going after the middle class to eliminate it, that's 70 percent of our income. So then what? You know, so we're not looking long term. And and so so when we don't utilize the power that we have of the purchase and say, no, I don't accept that. And you shouldn't be getting involved in this. Your product maker, make your product. Yes. Your political opinion is yours. Have it. Do whatever you want with it. But don't put it into my product. You yeah. Know? And and that's what well, there is more and more of. It's it's that very key thing where it is like the, the power of the purse and making sure that you are using your your dollar for to support people who have common values. Yeah. And that's great. However, uh, this 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 agenda that they have with the little kids uh, that has to end like yesterday, because once you introduce that idea into a child's brain there's no flipping it back there's no there's no return and those kids will just continue to grow up and they'll be more traumatized and then god when they become older and then they have kids it will that will be the new normal yeah, so, that, that's the seeds that's being planted now. And understand scientifically, there's scientific proof on this, between age two and 12, that's when we develop all of our blocks that we carry into adulthood and stop us. That's where our fear base comes. Children aren't scared before age two. We yeah. start putting the fear in it because we send it down. I worked very hard not to give my fears to my kids, you know, um, and I wasn't 100% successful either because, you know, they have their fears. I have mine, um, but I work through them. I know pushing through the fears, the fear is, I look at it as thickness of like wood. The fear is an inch wide wood. If you can push through it and hang in there on the other side is amazing and you feel yeah. so good about yourself that you push through that fear and honestly it wasn't really anything to fear anyway 
You know, it yes. was nothing to fear except will I be successful? Will I let myself down? Will I have to, you know, fail? Failure is something in our society we've made into a bad word. Failure is not a bad word. Failing, right. failing is actually good because you change the word fail, put a little foot on the eye. Make it fall because we're going to fall forward. We're going to learn from it. That's how we learn. That's how humans learn from our failures, not our successes. And we need to celebrate our successes more, like celebrate people like you who are, who are out there making us look at issues with a different lens. And, I, and anybody who talks to me, I'm like, change your lens. And they're like, oh, okay, I'll change my camera lens. And I'm like, look at it this way. You know, what What if we looked at it this way? Is it as scary? No, it's not. And you change people's lenses. That's why I love listening to you. I love following you. I think what you do is amazing. You even write books. You have a book out there on neither stunning nor brave, right? Yes. I, um, the, uh, when earlier I was saying that like I was I was pitching this television show and everybody loved it and they didn't want to take it, that that that's when I knew okay so Hollywood is closed to me because of the way I believe, and even though I want to help people and lift people up and I'm optimistic blah 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 that is now closed to me so you don't you can't solve a problem by ignoring it so that's why like I want to do I want to do that show tonight I want to do something that's culturally it's just funny. It's comedy. It's making fun of these ideas and this this horrible belief system. But we can do it in a good natured way. And then I'm like, I've always wanted to write a book. I've always wanted to write a novel. So I'm like, I'm going to write this comedic novel that's set in the not too distant future because now that's on a bookshelf, right? So now that I, that that idea is real. And 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 so while I'm sleeping, hopefully some kid. Uh, is is buying that book and they're like going oh that's hilarious that's hilarious but also they're like oh he made a good point there yeah it is kind of i guess a digital id would be bad because you wouldn't be able to go x y and z so it's like it's making fun of this like not too distant dystopian future that's that's that they're desperately trying to push upon us you know so What's the difference between like writing a book, stand up com comedy, TV shows? You know, uh, what's the difference in that kind of writing? I, I have to believe there are different tools. Well, it's it's I'm a I'm a big guy with, with like outlines and with with a, with a sitcom. You know, you pretty much have a uh, unless you're writing a piece of crap Star Wars movie for Disney. Usually, you have. <laughs> Your character really has care, like, Michael. <laughs> your character's gonna have an emotional journey. You know, there's only so many stories, and it's like you know, like with the very first Star Wars and 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 Mark Hamill and and Wizard of Oz, be careful what you wish for. Oh, I want to get off of this planet, and then like, okay, good, you're the chosen one. So it's it's really the same kind of journey, whether it's a movie, a sitcom, or a book, but like with a book you're you're in the people's mind you're you're there you're hearing the thoughts you don't have to like in a sitcom you have to almost say everything in a in a movie you have to do all that dialogue but like there with a book you can have a character who doesn't speak for the longest time but it's you're still having a great ride because you're in you're riding around in their brain with them well, the best stories for me take me for an emotional ride, you know, it yeah. has its ups, it's downs. It just takes me for dips and turns and because that's how life is. You know, we have an emotional journey or we should be having an emotional journey, preferably good because we like vibrating up in the happy feelings, not the bad yes. things. So yes. 
So the so and that's what's been so difficult over the last couple of years. They're trying to keep us down into those bad feelings because that's where fear really festers. And if fear is festering, then they can come in on their white horses with this idea and say, hey, we'll save you with this. But the reality is it's that doesn't save us. That actually puts you in a worse confined situation. Yeah. And they're trying to put us in those pigeonholes and they want us just stuffed in there, do what we say, and this is what we want to do. Whereas people like you and I, I want you to spread your wings and be uniquely yourself and don't fit in because when you don't fit in, you're being uniquely yourself and bringing to the world what we're supposed to bring to the world. That's yes. why we're created the way we're created as crazy and nutsy as we all are. It's beautiful because we all have good, bad and ugly, right? Yes. Not me anymore. I got rid of, I got rid of my ugly. You got rid of the ugly? Good for you. Good for you. I'm working on that. There's there's not enough plastic surgery in the world. That's, no. that's the title. That's the title of my first self-help book. Getting rid of the ugly. Getting rid of I love it. I love it by Michael Loftus. Perfect. How to, it's out of it's actually a, a how to replace the mirror in your home. <laughs> oh, losing the reflective objects in your home. I love it. Right. So what getting rid of the ugly. How to take down mirrors. <laughs> Uh, what projects are you currently working on? Oh my goodness! Uh, currently, do we have uh, enough I'm time? Writing, <laughs> I'm writing. I'm writing. I'm writing new skits uh, and sketches for that show tonight. I'm working on some uh, some music. Uh, I have a podcast out that's fantastic, but it's it's weird. It's over uh, over the lockdowns. I started learning how to play the guitar. And uh, we do we try to do a couple original songs every week on that show tonight. And it's uh, it's some of them are getting some love. Some of them are getting some love. And that's to a guy like me now. Oh, I need I want more. I want more. So, yeah, writing some more comedic songs. Are you on Spotify? No, but I need to. So Come many on, people dude. are complaining. They're Paul like, you got to put this on Spotify. Get you on Spotify. <laughs> My podcast is, but I don't think the music from that show tonight is. That show tonight.com, right? Yeah, people can go there. They can go there, but like it's uh it, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. So yeah, that show tonight is is taking up a lot of time. I'm getting ready to go to Spokane, Spokane, Washington. Spokane, uh, yeah. the in in December to do some stand-up. So I'm just trying to balance the the sketch comedy show stand up and then you know the website and the podcast and all that good stuff. You got and probably another book is in there in your head w w percolating to come out, right? I talked to my agent yesterday and I'm like I think I think I want to write another book and he's like dude don't. Don't. Just just hang on. He's like do your TV show, do stand up, do your podcast and he's like chopping down the list of all the crap and I'm like Okay, yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait. Yeah, you, you have a full bandwidth right now, so uh, we'll wait for that. But you'll come back on the next time you you write a book. How's that? Um, yes. Where Where do you see the future of comedy? Because now, like, I watch some of my comedians. I was I just saw a show down in uh, Atlantic City, and they were they were having to stop and just go, guys, it's comedy. I'm kidding. It's a joke. And, you know, most of the people in the audience were cool with it. But but he did point out a couple of people who were like cross armed and like, I can't believe you said that, you know, kind of guy. This is the exciting part. This is the exciting part. And this is like when I earlier on in the show and I'm like, it used to be very lonely. It was like it was like me and Greg Gutfeld and that was it. 
And then Joe Rogan started going, hey, wait a minute. This doesn't make sense to me. And he was making fun of it. And now these guys are, they're popping off left and right. And it's fantastic. But you will have, and, and it's like, and I've been saying this since like 2014, leaning to the right, being conservative, being a libertarian, small government person. It's almost like being a punk rocker. It's it's like the alternative. We are the cool kids now. So with comedy, you're going to have this very lame, unfunny, and it's all going to be like reflected inward. People are like, oh, I have anxiety or oh, it's, gonna, it's all going to be me, me, me and their personal experience. Uh, and the good stuff, the great comedy is going to go underground. It's going to and it's going to be on like places like that show tonight. And we're sh we're going to be showing other comedians specials and we're inviting other comedians to help out. It's going to be the Joe Rogans of the world. And yeah. it's like you'll have you'll have to go find it. But everything is shifting. Everything is shifting. Hollywood is really trying to ruin itself right now. The, the, the movies that they're making. And that's why I'm saying it's like it's. It's like a religious movement. Yeah. Look at Top Gun. The Top Gun sequel blew everything out of the water. So you'd think, oh my gosh, we're going to make a bunch of movies with like these, these good looking men who rise to the occasion and they fight the bad guys. And no, they're not going to do it. Enjoy the Marvels. It's, uh, it's diversity. It's three girls who overcome. And they just keep doing those movies. Uh, yeah. Uh, the latest Indiana Jones movie. It's just like they want to ruin every franchise. They don't want to do uh, anything like traditional. They just want to keep making sure, oh, we're going to we're going to make fun of the patriarchy and we're going to make fun of toxic masculinity. And we're going to raise up diverse women of color who have one leg and a lazy eye. What? A yeah, it's just seriously. So the good stuff to answer your question is going to go underground and you'll have to go on the Internet. And it's uh, like when I go out and do a live show, Yeah, I was just in Oklahoma City. They were coming out of the woodwork. They yeah. were coming out of the woodwork. And it was so awesome. And it's like we have an agreement. This is going to be old school. I'm not going to hold back. You're not going to hold back. Yes, there's going to be big generalities. There's going to be huge sweeping generalities. But it's not coming from a mean place. I don't. Nobody's getting beat up. We're making fun of yeah. yeah. And the obvious, the obvious. Yeah. That's what, it was Sebastian Ma Ma Matascalco. And um, oh my God, he ripped somebody a new one in the audience. It was, I mean, it was hysterical, but he was kind about it. He's like, I'm not making fun of you. I'm making fun of the situation. But he had to actually like spell it out. But the rest of his audience were like, you don't have to do that. We know what you're doing. <laughs> but I guess a couple of people were in the front row that he could see their faces. And he was just like, all right, just relax. But, that's, but you know what? And Sebastian's hilarious. Just, uh, but there's there's comedic. In, I bet he was getting laughs. of going, I'm not making fun of you. It's not it's not you. Yeah, but he's getting he's getting laughs on that. So he he, I, he could tie a shoelace, you know, like you. You guys could tie your shoelaces, and we'd be hysterical because it's just the way that you do it. He has a lot of Jerry Lewisisms in him and what he does. <laughs> um, so I'm like, and I was a big Jerry Lewis fan growing up. Yeah, I just ate myself. Whatever. Um, but <laughs> I loved him, and um, and I like physical comedy. I think it's hysterical. Yes. That show tonight though is outstanding. That show tonight.com. Please, please follow Michael Loft and theloftestparty.com. Michael, thank you so much for being on. I so appreciate you.
Thank you. I had a blast. We're going to have to do it again. Absolutely. Anytime. I am here for you. And thank you all for joining us today on Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I hope we earn the privilege of your time. Again, I want to thank our guest today, Michael Loftus. Look for our show next Saturday at 3 p.m. We can be found on all major platforms. And we would be so grateful if you please like, share, follow, subscribe. I don't know, whatever else you can do. Until next time, I am Coach Lorianne. Play a higher role, serve a higher purpose show for you and show up big. Thank you, Michael. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting, management, or its sponsors.